Welcome into Wrestling With The Mind. This is the show that talks all things mental health. I'm Seth Burchett, your host. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, WrestleMindPod. That's WrestleMind, M-I-N-D, P-O-D. You can email the show, uh, WrestlingWithTheMind at gmail.com, or check us out on Facebook, Wrestling With The Mind there as well. It's been a long time since I've been able to speak with you, and there's a lot of different reasons for that, and I'm going to get into some of those. Although, the show itself is is really hitting a reset button. And what I mean by that is, uh, I'm sort of changing up the format a little bit, and I think it'll allow me to do the show a little bit more, uh, a little bit more regularly. We'll put it that way. So it's been about a year since I have talked to you all. Uh, it, it's been a, a fun year for me, an up and down year. But the purpose of this show today is to talk about quarantine life, and it's something that has greatly affected me over the past few months, as I'm sure it has many of you, and really triggered my anxiety, triggered my depression. I will say this, uh, I would recommend going back to the first episode. You can find us, uh, if you're listening to us now, then you've already found us, but if you're recommending it to someone, if you're looking for the other episodes, you can find it on the Apple Podcast app on Google Play, and now on Spotify. So let's reset. Because um, today is as much about an update as it is uh, quarantine life as well. And one of the things that um, I want to talk about is how I have dealt with quarantine life, the effects of it, and, and how I'm getting along. Um, not that I think that I'm more important than anyone else. I certainly do not, but I know that it helps to hear someone who deals with the same things as you do talk about how they are dealing with it. And I know that because I recently listened to a podcast that sort of set it all in motion for me. And I've been doing this podcast for a couple of years off and on. I've never forgotten about it, so don't think that I've ever forgotten about you. I certainly have not. But life gets in the way. My own mental illness gets in the way sometimes. Uh, so, you know, some of what I'm going to be talking about today is getting out of your own way. Uh, because I certainly do that all the time. Or, or at least I certainly get in my own way all the time. So, um, let's reset. Let's let's go back. Um I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago, or it might have been this week. Time has sort of all blurred together. It's all went together for me, as I'm sure it has many of you. There are times I have forgotten what day it was. I have thought, you know, it, it was a different day than, than what it was. I've thought, it, you know, it was different times. I think I'm using the word thought, and that's not a real word. I thought it was a different time of the day because days have run together we don't have any sort of real schedule as we have been living in a quarantine life and now I know things are starting to open up so you might say well why are you doing this now why didn't you do this two months from now or two months ago 
And the answer, quite simply, is I was dealing with it the same way everybody else was. I, I was going through it uh, as well, and uh, it was a struggle. But about a week ago, I was listening to a podcast. I'm from Kentucky, for those of you that do not know or, or couldn't tell from my accent that I, I live in, in a southern state. Uh, there's a show that's, that's very popular in Kentucky called Kentucky Sports Radio, and the host of that is a guy named Matt Jones. And he's important only in that he was doing his own podcast. Um, that's not to say he's not important. He's, he's done some cool stuff, but I'm not getting into his bio here. But he d- did a kind of a supplemental podcast for his radio show called The Matt Jones Show. And one of the guests he had was a guy named Greg Doyle, who is a writer for the Indianapolis Star uh, newspaper in Indianapolis, Indiana. Why is that important? Well, it's important because Greg Doyle, as I learned through listening to this podcast, deals with a lot of the same things that I do. And I never put together things about myself until I heard someone else talk about it. And then I said, oh, I get that Uh, because that's me. And one of the things that clicked that he said in that podcast was about putting things on a calendar. And now I'm not an organized guy. I've never been an organized guy. I don't put things on a calendar. Uh, I, I just, I've never been organized. Um, and I'm a teacher by day, so uh, that's even more confusing, I'm sure, to some of you. But what he said was, he doesn't like to plan things. He doesn't like to plan things because it sits on his calendar and he sets and worries about it. And he makes up things to worry about. Uh, and it sits on his calendar too long, whether, you know, uh, it's, it's a week or a year away. You know, it's too long. And if you asked him to do something day of, you know, whether it's host a radio show or go somewhere, that basically he's more willing to do that because he doesn't have time to think about it. He doesn't have time to agonize over it. And that clicked with me because I'm the exact same way. And so I, I say that to say this, that sometimes this, this particular show, which I know it's helped a lot of people and, and I do it to help people, but you know, I deal with the same types of things and knowing that I would have an episode that I had to get together became very taxing and I would sit and dread it. And I do this with, with a lot of things in life. You know, you could say, Hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars on Tuesday. Well, I'd be excited about it, but I'd sit and worry, you know, for, for a week or however long it was until you got to Tuesday. And I would be in a wreck until I got that million dollars. And so it's not that I don't like, doing things it's not that I don't like doing this podcast because I do Uh, I think that especially now more than ever there's a need for it and so that sort of gave me the idea that hey maybe I need to um, get back and start doing this podcast because I, I think it's helpful for people and now more than ever when we're you know stuck at home I think it's even more important. And so that's what I've done. So let's talk about the the quarantine. Because this is 
sort of the basis of this episode. And again, if you if you're new, you know, certainly thank you for for tuning in. Um, but go back and, and listen to some of the older ones, especially the first one where I, I lay out my story and why I've chosen to do this podcast. So quarantine for me started on March 13th. And I know that because it was a day that we had had in my school district scheduled off. We, we weren't going to have school that day. Um, it was a professional development day in a way uh, for some people, but it was a, a marked day off the calendar. And so it started for me that day because that is really when things started to happen in my state. And I don't know, you know where you are. Uh, I know it started a little earlier in some states and, and much later in others. But March 13th was the day um, on the 12th, it was announced that we'd be out of school for a couple of weeks. And so I'm, I'm starting to worry. I'm starting to stress. What's this look like? Because uh, in my school district, we don't have, or we didn't have at the time, what was called NTI days, non-traditional instruction. And so as a teacher, I had to prepare lessons for students who I would not see for two weeks. And that becomes incredibly difficult. And it becomes incredibly stressful. One of the reasons was that I didn't get to prepare my, my students for this. I didn't get to prepare my kids for this. And I'm stressing over this. Uh, I'm worrying about it. I'm creating problems in my head. Creating problems that probably weren't going to happen. Not to mention the fact that we're in a pandemic with a virus that we don't have a cure for or a vaccine for. And so for me, that added to it because I was always, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac. I, I don't know if, if my anxiety contributes to that. My mom's a nurse and, and will tell you that I always have something wrong with me, legitimate or not. And so, you know, going through this, knowing that there's a virus out there, started to stress me out and so that Monday uh, I learned the term social distancing which I didn't really understand at the time I still hate the term I just think it sounds silly that it doesn't mean it, it doesn't serve a purpose and we shouldn't do it I just don't like the wording uh, but I guess that's the best we could do and so I learned what that was and I had to go into school and I had to create three weeks worth of stuff for kids and that's fine uh, I can do that I went in and I did that fairly quick uh, it didn't take me you know a whole day but a lot of my kids had access to technology and so we did a lot of that stuff online which made it a little easier and, and some kids you had to uh, prepare things uh, on paper and pencil and so for two weeks I really wasn't sure what to do and so I you know, made myself available for certain hours a day. I answered emails. I put stuff on, you know, my online classroom. Um, you know, I sent out emails, made a few calls from time to time. But largely, quarantine was not doing a whole lot. And you're forced to not do a whole lot. You're forced to be, in a way, by yourself. 
Now, I mean, I'm married, and so I'm with my wife, but in general, I was alone. And I'm sure many of you felt that way, too. And two weeks turned to three, turned to a month, turned into the rest of the school year. And so let me touch on that first before I move on. And I'm sort of jumping around here, so I'll, I'll do my best to uh, kind of let you know what the timeline is that I'm talking about as I go along. So um, the biggest thing that I had, the biggest concern was, I had kids that I know some of their backgrounds and I know some of the places that they come from and I know school's the place where they get the things they need when they don't get it at home. Whether that's food, whether that's attention, whether that's you know someone caring about them. I had kids that, that I, I was afraid for uh, and, and quite honestly still am. And so you, you know that and, and you... Uh, stress over it and you create issues in your head over it and so that was one issue for me is is just not knowing and there's some kids I had no communication with over that time despite the fact that I tried and the other issue was that I just didn't get to say goodbye to them you know this thing hit us the same way it hit many of you just kind of all at once and you're stuck inside and you're in your house and you aren't sure what's going on in the world. You're not sure, you know, you know, you can't go anywhere. You really can't visit people. You're not supposed to. I'm sure people did. I'm sure people listening to this probably did. But you're not supposed to. So you're stuck inside. You, you can go to the grocery store, but you need to be in and out. You don't have time to talk to people. And we became, as a society, very proficient at Zoom meetings and Google Meets. For a reason. Because we were dealing with a pandemic. And so as the time went on and I had nothing to do really, and I don't mean to do as in, you know, I, I didn't do my job because I did. I don't want it to come across that way. Because uh, everything I had to do, I, I always did make sure it was in. But you have a lot more time on your hands because even working from home, you sort of escape in your own head. And my head's not always a fun place to be, as I'm sure many viewers isn't. And what happened was I started to get down. And, and as the days turned into weeks, turned into months, or a couple of months, I guess, as it, it has been, um, my mental health deteriorated. Because some of the things that I would do to help myself, I couldn't do anymore. Now, some things I could do, and I, I sort of relied on those, and I'll, I'll touch on those here in just a little bit. But one of the things that when I'm down and when I'm in that way and something's wrong and I don't know what, uh, my anxiety's getting to me, my depression's getting to me, is it helps me to force myself to get out of the house. And sometimes that means going to walk around to the store, um, going fishing, you know, do, doing something that, that I like to do. And for the record, if you are from the South, Walmart is a place you go and you look around at stuff. That's just kind of what we do. It's a cultural thing, I think. But that's something that I enjoyed. I just go walk around and look at stuff. 
generally wouldn't buy anything sometimes i would make an impulse purchase because that at times would make me feel better because it'd give me something to be excited about something to look forward to but that really wasn't an option you really couldn't go look around because you weren't supposed to and if you did, you weren't supposed to, and I, I tend to be a, more of a rulesy kind of guy, even though I'm very laid back, and, and I will tell you at times I don't care. The fact is, is that when it's something like that, I, I, I'm very rulesy. I like to follow the rules. I like to know what I'm accountable for and, and what I can affect. And so I had to try to find ways to entertain myself or to escape, as it were. And one of the ways that I've always done that is, is through video games. And I did that here as well. But I played a lot of video games. And to the point that I just didn't, there were days, you know, when my wife could tell something was wrong with me and would say, hey, you know, what's going on? Do you need to play the game to, you know, fix your, your head, basically? You know, I'm, I'd say, no, I don't want to do that because I've, I've done that. You know, I, I, I will escape in pro wrestling sometimes, uh, which is a, a big hobby of mine. Uh, and that sometimes wouldn't work. And so, you know, you had to find ways to escape. I started to write a little bit. Um, you know, I, I would write letters, emails things of that nature, uh, would try to have like Google meets with my students just so I could have some human interaction because human interaction I learned through this entire process is, is something that, that helps me and you don't realize that until you don't have it. I couldn't see my mom. I couldn't see my grandma or my sister or my stepdad, my my family outside of my wife. They lived two streets away from me. I couldn't go in and talk to them. Couldn't go play with the dogs. For a couple of reasons. One, my grandma's at risk uh, of catching the virus. And so in my head, I thought, well, if I go inside, I'm going to give it to her. Even if I don't know that I have it, I'm sure I'll have it and I'll give it to her. And that creates panic. That creates worry and anxiety. And the other reason is my mom is an ER nurse. Now, I think she's a hero. She's a hero to me. She's been on the front lines. Uh, she works in an ER and uh, has, has been at the front of this thing uh, since the very beginning. And so there's a worry that, well, what if she's come in contact with it? And then, then what are the ramifications of that? And as you see what happens here is you create things to worry about and you create things to stress about and you get down and it puts you in a very bad place it does and there are people that will tell you that, that oh you just need to get over it oh this is just the way it is oh that you know mental health issues are bs or or whatever you know they're they're not real people will say well they are you know they are if you're listening to this because you, you chose to listen to this. Probably because you deal with some of the same things I do. And you're aware they're, they're real. 
because you seek out things to help yourself. You know what it feels like to not feel normal. You know what it feels like to be different and have panic attacks or not want to get out of bed uh, during the day. That, that's, that's normal for us. That's what we deal with on a daily basis. And if you don't deal with it, you can't understand it. There are certain things in life that I don't understand because I can't. You know, I don't know what it is like to be a female, for instance, because I'm not. You know, I don't, I don't know what that feels like. Uh, I don't know what it feels like to be black or Asian or Hispanic because I'm not. And so this is one of those things where our brains don't work the same. And, you know, the, the difference with that is compared to some of the other examples is you can put on that face and be normal outwardly. You can be in a room of people. They all think you're normal, that your brain functions the way everybody else's does. And you, re- and you know you're not. And you know you do that to survive. You know you do that to get by because that's what we do. We put on masks and we put on hats and we put on faces that help us get through the day. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Now, I will say this, especially if it's your first time listening, I'm not a medical health professional. Um, I'm a guy who deals with these things personally. And so anything that I talk about, I'm speaking from personal experience. I'm not I'm not trying to, to give medical advice because that's, that's just not my area of expertise. That's not the world that I live in. Um, so don't take this as, as medical advice. Take this as a guy who can relate to you because he deals with the same things. You know, I take medicine for mine. And I think that's okay. Uh, I went to counseling for a long time. Something I'm considering doing again because this pandemic and this quarantine has put me in bad places that I haven't been in a long time. And that's the thing is it never goes away. But one thing that counselor told me or the, the analogy that he made and it made me feel better about it. It made me feel less different or less of a freak or whatever term you want to use. You know, he would tell me, well, if you cut yourself, you know, or, or, or you know, get a scratch and you're bleeding, you might put a Band-Aid on it. And you might put some, like, Neosporin or something like that. You might put a Band-Aid on it. You know, if you break your arm, you're going to put a cast on it because it's, it's something that's wrong with you. And so, you know, if you had high blood pressure, you would take medicine for it. So this is no different. Now, I'm not saying that you have to take medicine for it because I'm sure there are people that don't want to do that. They want to try to control it themselves. And if you can, more power to you because uh, I can't do it. And that doesn't mean you can't. It just means that I figured out that I couldn't. And so um, I'm sort of all over the place here, aren't I? <laughs> but that's, just, that's kind of the way I, I do this show. I don't come in with notes. In fact, I'm recording somewhere new today. 
Um, I'm recording in my wife's walk-in closet because I think the sound quality is probably better. So I'm sitting on a floor in a walk-in closet. And if you know who I am, if you've seen me before, uh, you know that's kind of a funny thought because I'm a, I'm just a big dude. But back to uh, quarantine. So things are starting to open up now. And I feel better about that. I feel better about it because now I have options to go places. I wear a mask when I go just for other people's protection. Uh, not so much my own. But um, I've been able to see my family. And I and, and as I mentioned before, you, you learned, or at least I did, how important it is to have human interactions because... Uh, that helps, you know, it helps to be around people, even if you're putting on a mask and you're pretending to be okay, even when you're not, you know, it, it helps to see people. It, it helped me a lot to see my family. I've uh, been around them two or three times here in the last week or so. Uh, and so that helps out a lot. I'm still paranoid because, you know, it's still an issue where I live, the, the virus that is, and my mom still is a nurse that didn't change, but I'm more comfortable being around her and uh, being around my family. Uh, I still keep my distance from my grandma just because I, I worry for her safety and for her health. But, uh, yeah, I, I think we need people. And I think that that's a key to it. You know, whether we're pretending to be okay and we're not, uh, I don't know about you all. I know I've been in, in large crowds before and felt alone and you know sometimes during this quarantine I've, I've sort of longed for those moments because at least when I felt alone I wasn't and you know let's not say I'm, I'm alone all the time now so my wife's been with me through all this but you know I was talking to her the other day and I think we're going to do an episode with her here in the near future but um you know I told her I wish I'd, I knew what normal felt like. I wish I knew what it felt like to be happy. All the time. I mean, she's happy and happy-go-lucky and almost always in a good mood. And, and, and I get jealous of that. I, I will be 100% honest about it. I don't know what that feels like. And many of you probably don't either. But you know what I've learned there is sort of some positive of this as I'm starting to wrap things up here because the, the our new format will be that if it's just me, it's going to be a little bit shorter of a show, maybe close to a half an hour. If I have a guest, we'll go longer. And if you want to be a guest, you're certainly welcome to, to share your story if you think it'll help somebody. Uh, I know I've learned that it helps to hear people tell their story and how they feel uh, because it makes me you know, relate and look at myself, as I mentioned earlier from another podcast I was listening to, that that was the case. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I told my wife, I wish I knew what that felt like, you know, being happy, being normal. But the positive in it is, is, is you know, we do feel that way sometimes. It doesn't happen a lot. But when it does happen, 
and you sort of appreciate it a little bit more and you don't take it for granted and and it's it's an awesome wonderful thing so you know my biggest advice through quarantine is find something you can do in your house that will help you take your mind off things reading i've read a lot of books um over this time that that i've been meaning to catch up on you know video games for me i've done my fair share of cooking during this time and eating as it as it may be uh even some exercise um i do yoga i do ddp yoga if you're familiar with that and and i'm a big fan of it so i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna wrap it up here just know that i'm gonna make a concerted effort to be there more for you i'm sorry to anybody that has felt like they've needed this show and i've not been able to put it out um one thing that i i will always do is is try to take care of myself first because i think if i if i don't i'm not going to be of any help to anybody i'm not going to be of any use to you or anybody else if i don't make myself right but I, I apologize if if I have let anybody down in the process of, you know, working and functioning uh, in everyday life and, you know, being part of this quarantine, um, being home, as many of you were as well. You know, I'm sorry if I let anybody down. That was never my intention. That's never been my goal. The, the goal of this podcast, this show, is to help people. And that's what I want to do. And so I felt compelled after having kind of this epiphany from listening to a different podcast and talking to a couple of people that this is something that the world needs right now. You know, mental health doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, there's a, a, a good portion of society that doesn't believe it's a real thing. And, um, that bothers me, quite frankly, it angers me, but I don't, I don't get mad at people because as I said before, if you don't deal with it, uh, you can't understand it. And I think as, as a whole, we reject things we don't understand. You know, if people aren't like us and people don't see things the way that we do, then we tend to reject that. And I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just trying to give you some hope and understand why people are the way they are. Uh, as difficult as that is, I certainly don't have all the answers. Um, but I wanted to throw that out there. So, with that being said, uh, I'm going to wrap this thing up here today. I appreciate everybody that has taken some time out of their day to listen. I'm always grateful for that. Uh, if you're listening to this, give it a review. Give it a like. Um, that always helps, I think, boost it up the charts. Uh, it, it's not a, you know, a money thing for me. I know some people make a career out of podcasting. If I, if I could do that, great. That's not my goal here. My goal is to help people. And so the more awareness we have for a show like this, um, the more reviews and likes and subscribes that you uh, put out there the more it raises up the charts and the more visibility that it gets to try to help people 
Um, you can always, again, email the show, wrestlingwiththemind at gmail.com. Give us a follow on Twitter, WrestleMindPod, or Wrestling With The Mind on Facebook. Reach out. I would love to hear from you if you want to be a guest on the show. I'm always open to that as well as you uh, can go back through and listen to some of my previous guests. Um, it, I, I, I hope that you can relate to somebody there and that something helps you out. So uh, now I'm off. Uh, I'm gonna hit the uh, hit the stop button, get this thing edited down, sent off to my producer so that it can get to your listening devices. Um, again, thanks for for listening. Thanks for sticking with me through all of this. Uh, it is much appreciated. And uh, remember, you may not be okay, and that's okay. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Mind. <laughs>